So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, where we talk all things Atlanta United Football Club. Dave, Good Carmen, talk about it all. How's everybody doing? I get, we got our Ted Lasso going here. Oh. Who are you? Oh yeah. <laughs> back for another episode. We coach, I scored with my face. We've been on spring break. We've. Sorry. Been to different countries. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Harmony, you been to any different countries? I've been nowhere. My son yeah. has been to a different country. Oh, that's okay. Right. So there's, there's the hat Made trick. his goalkeeping debut in Argentina, which it happens to be where our wine is from in honor of him. Uh, <laughs> it's a Malbec from Argentina from the Mendoza region. It's very nice. Okay. Again, like these, these wines have... Nice richness to them. I yeah, I, I like I know what you like, Mikey Dobbs. So I, <laughs> I try to. Really, it's sucking up. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Well done. Well played. Okay. So we are unprepared for this podcast show, people. I'm sorry to say, yeah, but we're going to podcast vacation. anyway. We've been on vacation. You know, right? you can't stream uh, Apple TV in Panama. Do you what? know this? No. So I had my phone or whatever. I was on the wireless, and I was like, okay. You know, I got my thing. I got my Apple TV app. It's global. Out of the country. No, sir. Uh, and then I was thinking Mikey Dobbs would have his VPN. But you don't need it. But no, this is crazy. Uh, Apple TV is supposed to be anywhere from the world. No, sir. That's what I think. Not, not if you have a American Apple TV subscription, then it says you can't travel with it. So I, that's why I'm unprepared because I could not watch the games. Well, this is a, couldn't this get is them a bad breaking news. That's not how I understood it. Well, <laughs> but, you, but you have tested said, it in the wild. Yes. There's a <laughs> thing that came up on the screen that said not available outside of the continental U.S. Well, that's oh, a bugger. That is. Um, so, so, yeah, we go figure. We have been watching the highlights, but we've been bad fans well actually lee and i did make the new york red bulls game which we're going to recap okay i uh, got to my first game of the season the mercedes-benz never disappoints it was a beautiful day 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 did you tailgate did you drink some wild heaven no, beer we went down to um what's it wild leap or whatever the new uh, brewery yeah, is down yeah, there yeah. really it's cool good. setup it's not as good as wild heaven no it's not as good <laughs> as wild heaven not even close but it's a nice way to kind of warm up yeah. for the game and stretch. It's right there, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to agree with you. Do a little Wild Heaven tour before you go down to the stadium. Nick should start, you know, like a pop-up Wild Heaven tent right outside the stadium for us to, you know. Well, he used to do that with the uh, the Footy Mob. Yeah. He used to sponsor a lot of the I the could join the Footy Mob for that. He still is. I think he's still sponsoring some beer for them. So and one step into the Footy Mob. <laughs> uh we <laughs> did get the win against the, the New York Red Bulls, one nothing. Our first ever regular season win against New York ever. Red Bulls. So, Yay. 
something good. Then we go on the road. Although I noted when I was watching, I guess this highlights. Uh, oh, I caught some of the highlights. Um, they said that um, Brad Guzan was the only member from when that historic win that we had at New York City FC yeah. on their field. And that's not true. Oh. Because Miles Robinson made his Atlanta United debut in that game as a third center back. Hmm. So I was like, no. <laughs> and you just knew this off the top of your head. You just remembered. Well, that. I just remembered it was so weird because, you know, Tata always played with two in the back and they went into that, yeah. you know, little band box that they have up there. And suddenly they had a different formation. They had an extra center back. And I was like, who is this center back? Because we had never seen him before. He was our draft pick. Okay, yeah. And he okay. had, this was second year. He was with yeah. the team the whole first year. He never played. And then he never played the whole second year either. But he debuted in the playoffs. He started that match. Wow. All right. Tata knew what he had. Tata though. was like, Tata uh, I need you right now. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go on the road to NYCFC and play in the midget field and pull off a draw one-to-one. Right. We fly up to Canada to Toronto where we draw in a disappointing two, two draw where we let it all go in the last 30 seconds, Dave. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, some injuries. We'll talk, Maybe a little bit Mexico, U.S. Uh, and a friendly coming up. I don't know. What so else? one of the things I want to say is that so this is our first time on really on the road for this season. You know, major road trip. Yeah. And um, in MLS, you got to travel a long way, yeah. right? So <laughs> yeah. we went up to New York and then came back and then all the way to Toronto. I mean, this is like pretty serious travel. Yeah. And I, I believe, and we can maybe check this, but I believe I know this was true in the early days, and I think it's still true. That the MLS bars private charter flights. You have to fly commercial. Yeah, as part of the uh-huh. as part of the new uh, the bargaining agreement, yeah. players agreement, they're changing that over time. Okay. So there's now more charter flights. I don't I don't know the numbers now, yeah. but most of them are commercial. But they're trying to steadily increase the private charters. Yeah, I think the idea was early on that they felt like they didn't want the rich clubs to have a huge advantage right. in all that travel, but being yeah. able to charter, you know, uncle Arthur is like, Hey, come on my plane, right. my seven forty seven. <laughs> you know? So Depot a couple, plane. a couple other things I want to talk about, Dave is you brought up Apple TV, yeah. uh, the, the MLS production quality. And I want to talk a little bit about the transparency of how things are being broadcast, whether it's offside replay of, you know, certain fouls, Oof. How we might be being treated like kids or something. I don't know what the MLS is. I feel that way. They're cheating. Carmen, do you feel that way? Have you felt, well, we'll talk about what we're talking about, but um, do you feel like you're being treated like a four year old on some I, I of these? Total, there, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. It's, definitely. It, it, it it's is. Definitely. It's like the early days of MLS when they said people wouldn't come out unless they had music during the game. <laughs> and they would have, like, you know, in hockey, they would have the organ player, like, you know, during the games, like to ramp up the crowd. And you're like, aren't we supposed to be singing? It's like they don't want us to be arguing over the Ibarra red card. It's like, I think it was a red card, but the one camera angle is bad, right? And they only sh- they didn't ever do an instant replay, but they only showed it like real quick. Yeah. One instant replay, one angle. You know, there's different cameras in the in the stadium. 
this is an important moment in the right. game, right? Did he get it right? Right. Um, now, in fairness, he went to the VAR. They didn't show any of the VAR angles. I mean, this is New York City FC, so it's a baseball stadium. So they might not have any yeah. other angles because there's no place to put cameras. I'm kidding, obviously. But, well, I know. I, I uh, also was thinking about that too. Is is you joke, but camera technology is getting so good mm -hmm. for the production group, and this is Apple TV uh, MLS partnership. Right. I want more cameras. I want something special from the Apple TV yeah. broadcast. Shoe I'm not seeing camera. it. I'm feeling like I'm a four-year-old getting like held back from being able to see what offsides and a red card might look like. I, I know what it looks like. You can show it to me. I can handle the it truth. Is. I mean, I, you know, so so we were talking about two things, the red card and then the offside. And and in the highlight packages and things, these controversial moments, they don't show it. Yeah. Right. They, they're like, oh, we could create too much of a controversy if you actually see that they blew the call, whatever. And you're like, like, treat us like actual adult, you know, people watching the game. Like, for example, in the Premier League, they now have a uh, a commission, if you will, every weekend after the weekend's games, they review all of the VAR decisions and any controversial plays. And then they put out a report to the public about them. And sometimes they say, really? we apologize that they really got that wrong. Yeah. But, and that actually makes you feel good. Yes, yeah. I like that. Transparency, like people. And so, yeah, the New York Red Bulls game, another perfect example of that is, I think it's Almada plays a ball over the top to Etienne. And he's timing his run, and it's very close. In fact, I think he was onside. Yeah, where's looked, our line? Where's the line? Where is where's the explanation? Where's the commentary on it? None. Like I can't handle being like, hey, we the, you the, can't handle the or truth. or even he, Dave and I were talking about this. Like, if there's technology that's happening upstairs where they like, hey, we've got the algorithm with multiple ca cameras, and it's getting it right 100 percent of the time. And this is how it works. We don't need to go back and show you. It's always right. The algorithm's got it. We got it, and this is how it works. We're moving on with the game really fast. But they don't. T they don't tell us anything. They don't show us anything. They don't explain anything. I'm like, that sure as hell looked like he was on sides. He was on side, and they took a goal away from us. Yeah, and one of the things I'll say is that on that play, the referee, the linesman, kept the, his flag down yeah. and then immediately brought it up, yeah. which says that that hat, the, the amount of time that he did that in, he, he couldn't have been thinking about it. It was too long to be thinking about yeah. it and not long enough to have like a full VAR. So there's clearly some kind of automated something, something that got in his ear that said he was offside. Yeah. And that's what we think. That's what we think. But the we fact know, that yeah. we're sort of like, eh, we're not sure, yeah. <laughs> right? Like. If that's true, it should be known that that was a VAR decision, and it should be known that there's a line. Now, do you think this is part of the growing pains of MLS and adding whatever it costs to paint lines and whatever technology, investing the X amount computer, of money? Those aren't real lines, Mikey Dobbs. I don't know if you know, <laughs> if you know yeah. that. But what puts them down? Like on but we have we even figured but, out uh, if they do the line, like they have to show us. Is there a line? Like just really, show is me. Is, are they using a line? They using we don't know. Show, don't know. show me that his shoulder was above yeah. somebody's foot. Like I mean, give me. We some. actually we're talking about this. We think it's possible because they haven't really told us. It's okay. possible that they're VAR reviewing it without a computer. That seems crazy, like yeah. impossible. Yeah, but we don't really a hundred percent know. I know, but we haven't done any research on this either. We did look up a little bit, and oh. we were like, 
It some, was like is, a couple it, years ago we looked up and they said they didn't use the line for it was something. If you're listening live or you watch this later, leave a comment. Like point us to some documentation on how MLS is doing the video. We should review tweet of at the, the MLS offside because right. I, I just don't understand why they they do this to an audience who's leaning but in. But here's the other thing. And the reason why we know that this is sort of a problem, right? So earlier on in the season, Yakamaki scored what would have been the game-winning goal. It mm-hmm. would have been his first ever goal, right? It was a rebound that came off. Really similar. They ruled it back. And, you know, Doug Roberson, who has access to as much as anybody, yeah. right? Because he's the AJC guy, right? right? He was like, everything he saw said that it, there was not offside, right? And... My problem is if he doesn't have something that where he's still questioning about it, there is no such thing as you point out in the Premier League because it's a computer that made that call. Yeah. There's no such thing in the World Cup. So there has to be something wrong with our, our offside because otherwise someone like Rob, right, Doug Robertson would say, okay, no, 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 you know, the, that was obviously the computer made the call. They yeah. showed it to whatever. Like, that's how I wanted it. I want the computer to make the call. I don't yeah. want the computer to get get it right 100% of the time. Right. And then they show us dum-dums on TV while we're wrong. Yeah. And then you can yeah. be like, you know what? I know you don't like it, but that's offside by <laughs> uh, the slightest millimeter. I'm okay with that, but say, yes, there's a computer making the call, and then show me with some stupid lines or some explanation of why it was. And they won't do that right now. And it's driving me nuts. Like the, the, the supporters who sing, you know, Luis Suarez, your teeth are offside. <laughs> I like that. Because he bites people. <laughs> All right. So there's my there's my MLS production rant in partnership with Apple TV that's supposed to be this great thing. And is it? Is it? I don't like the fact that they treat us like kids. Like there is, there was a conscious effort for example on the abara red card not to show that from six different angles and really let us see yeah right now one possibility is that they don't have six different angles that seems hard to believe and very, if that's true that's a problem very right hard to but believe. i think it we've seen this enough where they've sort of glossed over those key moments right. that it says to me they don't want the fans complaining about controversial decisions. They don't want it to be like that. So they have made a conscientious decision with the broadcast and with everything else to just gloss over. It has to be, which is, which uh, is treating us like four year olds. I mean, you've seen, I've seen enough evidence of it now where it is, it is a very conscious decision by the league to remove that level of controversy from what is filmed on camera and and showed over again. So is that a little scary though? Because I feel like MLS as like a league and Apple TV are in this relationship where MLS can be like, we don't want to be controversial about our all calls. So we're not going to, don't show all these angles. And that's not, that's not (laughs) Apple TV that, you know, Apple TV has to trust that MLS knows their product and their audience and should be able to make the right decision to say, Hey, yeah, we should show the offside from 10 different angles to our really mature, smart soccer audience. But instead they're treating us like, no, we're not going to show you Free that. Free the audience. Free, Free the us. Audience. Free us. All right. I agree. Okay. That's my rant on MLS production so far. I I, I agree. With I you. will say I'm I'm happy to see some of the content is increasing on the channel. Mm-hmm. I think there, it's getting better. There's there's some things that you know you knew it was going to be a slow roll. So I am still excited about what could be 
coming in terms of some of the small stories? What's our own little welcome to Wrexham program on some other team, some other player? Yep. Like how do we create a narrative mm-hmm. around some of these teams that's really well done? And I mean, really well done. I mean, if Ryan Reynolds can do it for Wrexham and build this storyline, like, I don't know, some of the stuff is a little cheesy that I've seen so far. Did you see the one with them and uh, Alex Ferguson? No. So, <laughs> so Wrexham is playing preseason in the States um, next summer against Man United. Right. So they have this game. It's in San Diego, I think. Yeah. And so, so uh, Rob and Ryan get on the Zoom with Sir Alex Ferguson. They said, okay, we want to promote this. Right. So they say, Sir Alex, aren't you excited that Wrexham's going to be taking on Man United? And he just looks at them. <laughs> and they both look at each other or whatever. And they're like, okay. Um, so. You know, the summer, and they start talking about whatever, and then they're like, okay, what do you think? He just looks at them. And then, and then and then, Ryan is like, he's freaking me out. He's really good at this. He's totally whatever. He's like, let's get off. He's like, I have to go like mow the lawn or something. And he gets up, and then they leave. They just like, literally hang up on him. And Alex Ferguson's sitting there, and this woman walks in and into his camera shot yeah. and says, you know, how'd it go, sir, Alex? And he's like, I don't know. They were muted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, sir, oh, Alex. Yeah. He's like, he's yeah. playing his mind games. I can't handle it. <laughs> so they where do we want to go from here. So we've got three games to talk about the Red yeah. Bull game. We got the win. Uh, Almada takes a shot from way outside. The goalkeeper just totally coughs it up. Mistake. But you got to give credit to he George, almost George presented Jack. it to Yakuaki. Yeah. Yeah. Two hands, he said, "Here, yeah." Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's great that you see him stealth on it and finish it. But yeah, easy, easy cough up goal. But what I have to say now, you now you have seen a pattern, right? Yeah. So Yakamaki's is first to react to those yeah. rebounds every single time. He's we talked it. about the one that he yeah. got called that wasn't on, but he's now scored two goals when right. he has gotten it right and. To be honest, that's what Joseph in his Is prime, he was viper. always the, first to get to that. He's got a little of that viper in him. I, I like, like it. it. Yeah. So, and that's so, something. Four starts, four goals. That's something that he's never going to leave. Right? Four starts, four yellow cards, too. I think. <laughs> also like that, too. Yeah. yeah he, 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 he gets some fouls that I like, right, with the yellow card. There's some others that are just like. And then he looks at the ref like. like <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I love him. I, I, love I know him. I two footed through his knees, but yeah. like that's what what that's a call. Yeah, I mean seriously, he's got a little Roy Kent. Yeah, I love everything about him. Yeah. I can't lie. So Yakimaki. yeah, it's, it's Papa uh, Giorgio. We'll he's ours. We'll get Except to he's hurt now. Yeah, he's yeah. hurt now. We'll get to that. But I don't know. We'll we'll just get to it since that. Yeah, was let's the, talk the last, about the last it. What game. do you think? The last game, I think it. I hundred percent when you texted two to three weeks. I think that's almost max. Yep. He could be sooner. He, yeah, could be sooner. I, I really believe they will be cautious. I think they're going to make sure he does stretches, gets in the ice baths, does all that good stuff. See how it goes in the soccer field, not rush him back in practice. But in a week or two, if he's practicing again, we're going to see him start. And uh, Carmen, you can tell us, isn't it now the Piedmont injury report that we get every <laughs> yeah. time? Yes, before it the is. Game? Now, it, is indeed. it hurts a little bit being an Emory guy that it's not the Emory healthcare um, injury report, but nevertheless, the transparency 
Yes. I mean, we get an injury report. It is and nice. not only do we have an injury report, but when someone's injury injured, they actually put it on the injury report. I know. So it's crazy. I mean, uh, it's more than just a knock. Lower body knock was yeah. usually like the most we get. So what the the question that I have, which is unanswerable, of course, but um, so who was it who was preventing us from doing that? Right. So I again, I think it was um, more of like a data input person, you know, process that the MLS needed. So it wasn't just for Atlanta United. You need somebody to be able to update the database with like a. They needed someone to tell us who was injured. No, you need you need <laughs> you need a software you need a software right so all MLS teams can enter it in because they're the only ones who know right say hey isn't but- that called a spreadsheet yes a Google Doc. <laughs> like come on really that's the problem yeah pretty much like that's act- actually it so every mls team had the same like so you're saying that they all now have better injury reports because because i kind of don't buy that no i i promise you I like i i'm right, like I in my bones i know it's working in digital marketing <laughs> the spreadsheet thing doesn't enter it into a database that powers the mls website you have to have like a data you know person. even i can make a google sheet i know it's that it's that Simple in practice, but to operationalize it for a really? for a big I'm gonna company. come clean and say like up until like six months ago I didn't know how to do that, but yeah. now <laughs> I know how to make a good. Yeah. I still don't, but continue. Yeah. Oh, 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 the lawyer <laughs> outed. I would love somebody on, who works for the MLS to keep, podcast to see if I'm right here. Like, yeah, not as, tweet at him. Yeah, tweet at me. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Carmen can tweet at them while we're uh, yeah. podcasting. But over, overall, the the going back to the Red Bulls game, we got the win. It was a pretty boring match. Uh, you were there. Yeah. First time for yeah. you in the in the Benz this yeah. year, right? It was a snoozer. It's amazing. It was a total snoozer. I enjoyed the heck out of myself. But, <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. But, okay. you know, I mean, I guess you give credit. You get the goal early on. Took and the advantage of the free road sodies. My my positive <laughs> aspect on it was we closed it out. Yeah. We, we could have we towards the end of the game. We easily should have had two more goals like Yakamaki's actually missed a sitter. Jose too missed an easy shot. But we also gave up a surprisingly alarming number of good chances too. We decent changes. There were a lot of fringe shots. Like there was one like at the end of the game, a guy rifled one over the top of the, the post. I was talking about the one where Almada gave it up in midfield. Yeah. And then it's they a breakaway, but it passed never- it. Wiley scrambled back. Yeah, Wiley. But he had uh I don't know who it was for uh yeah. but he, he had Guzon leaning. And he to the far post, he went near post. If that's on goal, it's a goal. He yeah. just missed it. It was a bad shot. So it felt yeah. like there was no threat because it was such a bad shot. He didn't miss by that much. Dude, he fanned that into the deck. No, 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 no. It, it was like it was like two sad, yards like, wide. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't it, over the goal. It was just wide. It didn't it didn't move me emotionally. I, at all. <laughs> you didn't feel it in I your didn't bones. Feel it. To your point, had he just like dragged it almost and gone far post, it would have probably been like much more of a <gasps> Yeah. yeah, but he had Goose on leaning that way, so right. he had him fooled. Yeah. So anything on goal was a goal. Mm, I don't know. It didn't didn't have me emotionally uh, committed <laughs> to the fact that that guy was going to score. Okay. So and and that's kind of how I felt like at least at the game, like they didn't have a whole lot of real threats. There was some 
the guy like kind of did a nice little move and like bent it far post too, but it was yep, like, that you're, I like, you're like watching. Uh, I was like, Oh, yeah. that's it. But it was like, it uh, would have taken something really special. It would have been special. It wasn't that like threatening. the goal that NYCFC <laughs> scored on us. Yeah, that, that was, so let's move to that one. Right. So but also... we go up to NYFC who play on the tiny field. That's not FIFA approved, but right. they are getting a stadium in 2026, 27, supposedly. It, they broke ground. Yeah, that's supposedly that, the rumor. You know, this is New York construction, yeah. so who knows? who knows? But it's supposed to be this unbelievable. So it's it's in Flushing Meadows Corona yeah. Park, which is the home of City Field and the United States Tennis Association. And so they're going to have three stadiums there. It's actually interesting because it's this nice park. It's where the World's Fair originally was, okay. like where they film Men in Black on those crazy platforms. Yeah. That was like supposed to be the future. Anyway, <laughs> so because it, it's actually interesting because the, the park itself is a little bit on a hill. So when you have those viewing platforms, you can see all of Manhattan from it, which is kind of mm. weird. But anyway, um, so uh, City Field used to be Shea Stadium. And on the other side of it is all these auto salvage yards. <laughs> and it's really kind of run down. But now that Cohen is the owner of Mets, Right. And he's the wealthiest owner in all baseball. Um, he wants to redevelop it all. He wants one of the casino licenses from New York, the new ones. Um, it's supposed to be. And that's where the New York City FC is going to be. Yeah. So, OK, good for us. Yeah. Good for everyone. I mean, let's hope. Let's hope. So if I were to tell you before this game day, we go to New York, uh, NYCFC, that is go to Yankee Stadium and get a draw. Would you have taken it? Take it. Yeah, I would have no, taken but it actually, too. Actually, I'll say that, you know, that being said, and I, I'll still say take it, but yeah. um, New York City FC, uh, I know they've gotten off to a good start, but if you look at what happened to their roster, the coach yeah, is gone, Cast um, Castillero, Cast Castaneros, Ca I think that's how it pronounced. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, Morales is gone, right? Yeah. So all a lot of the big names that have pioneered, you know, had them in the playoffs and fighting for a title every single year, are all gone. So, you know, I predicted now, obviously they've reloaded some young guys and whatever, but uh, I predicted that this would be a terrible year for New York city FC. And we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that keeps unfairly keeps them in the league is that nobody can win there. Yeah. I mean, as you pointed out, a number of years ago on the podcast yeah. statistically speaking it's the best home field advantage in all of sports compared to the relative to the rest of the league the winning percentage there is better than anything in u.s sports period yeah. i did not so anything anything yeah. wow. it's the highest home field advantage ever and that includes you know in some sports where there's no salary cap like yankees where they have a high you know whatever doesn't matter uh <laughs> so that's kind of cheating yeah <laughs> so we go we statistically go, speaking that's cheating they we go we go to this game with the first time i think we've repeated the same starting lineup mm -hmm. right so we oh. we had once again from the red bulls game we had uh gg etienne araujo up top shedek almada ibarra in the mid wiley parata miles and lennon on the back line and goose and goal um Oh, I, I do want to talk about... Well, let me just talk about the lineup since you're saying that. So, obviously, we feel very strongly that Sadich is not better than Sosa, right? And Sosa, now that he's had a couple of games under him, 
right? In the last game, he looked for real back. Yeah. Right. I mean, in Toronto game was the first time I saw Sosa Sosa. Yeah. And when he back and, you know, I got, you know, obviously he came in because of bar was gone, but with a bar in front of him, it's a platform in which to build this, this forward thinking, yeah. whatever. So other than Amada, that, I think I'm Ibarra okay. As the, the, the red card guy is better, you know, like he's our, he's our bruiser yeah. and he's young. You got to learn, you know, he'll learn yeah. how to, how to play that line a little bit better and not get a red card next time. You know, yep. um, yeah, I mean, that's how you have to, <laughs> but that's how you have to mature. You, you, I wish you don't want to take for those that. who don't know out there in the podcast world, she's talking about man United Casemiro who never got a red card in a zillion games at Real Madrid and has now been red carded twice from Manchester United. Bless his heart. Blessing. Manchester United. What are they? Third in the table. Third. Yeah. There you Solid go. Solid third. Um. So. But everybody's hurt. So, yeah. You know. So just yeah. Like Atlanta United. I, I I agree. I think Sosa and Abara and Almada in the mid is that is a solid midfield, especially with our back line. Especially what, when what you, you don't have to. When you're only asking them mostly to recycle the ball, and you just make a platform again yeah. for the front. So now there's a goal in this game at the end where uh, they play the ball up. Guy heads it to Ferreira. He just cuts at the top of the t- top of the 18 and shoots with Parata, who was facing him and should have been able to close the space and never let him be able to take a shot. It was yep. a hell of a banger. Yep. Um, all to me getting to, do you think, we should see Abram and at least like give some competition. Like, mm. isn't that why he brought him That's in? That's an interesting point. Like I know Parata, like this is why I feel like, uh, you know, again, mm. Pineda gives too much goodwill to people like create some competition, yes. dude, mm-hmm. like give Abram like a start and then be like, Hey, if, and give him a short leash. Be like, Hey, I'm a, yeah, we brought you in. Well, the thing about like, it, find yeah. a game earlier on and he doesn't do it. The thing that I would say is that, so normally with, if you had a coach you had confidence in, you would say, okay, look, you know, he's getting a look at him every day and he's not better than Parata. So Parata could be still be a starter. And it's not like Parata's, you know, had all kinds of problems. So, you know, I'm okay with that. The thing about it is what we know from Pineda is that if the team is kind of doing pretty well, he will never change anything. Like he's one of these guys who, who, you know, it's weird because, um, it's almost a lack of arrogance. You know, the, yeah. the best coaches are like, I know. And, you know, they, um, you know, it doesn't matter if Sadich and Ibarra are playing pretty well in the game. If you think that, that Sosa is the better player, they put them in there and, and yeah. get their line, you know, almost to a fault. And he's almost to a fault the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, some, you know, we've seen this. We had, you know, a 17-year-old you know, do really well. And he's like, Oh yeah, they can start, you know, in the MLS. And you're like, that's an exhibition game. He's a 17 year old. What are you thinking? Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, we talked about it, maybe the last podcast, whatever. I think that Pineda, maybe the, the, the whole heart of the matter, maybe the biggest problem is still his evaluation of players. Yeah. I think that he misses, a little bit on understanding who's really good and yeah. who's not, and not just that, but what their strengths and weaknesses are. I'm not sure he truly knows. So or at least he doesn't, you know, yeah. necessarily agree with what we think. Yeah. But. We hammered that pretty good on the last podcast on, yeah. on that. 
And I agree. I mean, I think it's still, I still want to, I still want to keep giving credit to Pineda for the culture that he's built in terms of like, if you call that coaching, he is, he has built a positive group of players that are motivated to play. I think he's being bailed out a lot by having a lot of talent when you have mm-hmm. Almada and Yakamakis and Miles Robinson and all the other players surrounding it, as long as you have them on the field and, and are doing some things that are relatively correct, you should be getting the results that we're getting. Well, one thing well, we you could, could be say, a lot better to your point it wouldn't surprise any of us if suddenly, let's say Parata were to get a little knock or something, or even he just gets a rest. Abrams comes in and it turns out that Abrams is really good, yeah. right? It wouldn't surprise any of us, yeah. right? Because, and yeah. it could even be that Pineda thinks he's really, really good. But even if that's true, he won't change it. He'll go the entire freaking season if he has to, because yeah. the team is, you know, in a good place and whatever. He, yeah. I think that's his thing. And, eh, you know, I, there's some of that, of course. Yeah. But, you know, a good player is a good player, right? Um, so another another big thing happened in this NYCFC game, and that was we lost Brad Guzan for 10, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 weeks, which is probably longer than that. So we're probably mm-hmm. looking at, what, like three months? Yeah. Most likely, before we see him in the game. Um, you know, I went back to look at, the replay again, I was on vacation, so I didn't watch this. I heard, heard it through the Twitter sphere. So I went back and looked at the replay again, really poor replays <laughs> on seeing all the angles of this thing. There was like one angle. Um, but I'm okay with one angle for an injury. Might be just no, this early. Come on. Me. No, you're mature. You can turn <laughs> away if you don't want to no, watch this it. wasn't like an ugly. injury. No, and, ugly. And, right. and, and that's you're what right. they kept talking about. Like there was nothing malicious. It's not one of these turn away now because you don't want to see it. Right. It wasn't right. malicious. I have no problem if they don't show that, by the way. If there's something really ugly, oh, and they're yeah. like, no, yeah. we don't want to show that. Oh, I yeah. want to see the broken leg too. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I want to see it go 90 degrees. I've had it happen. Uh, I want to see it. I hate all injuries. I know what that's about. I hate all Come injuries. on. No. I was like standing five yards they, away from we you. We watch Erickson get, get oh, yeah. electrocuted on the field. You know, that's how you do a broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Treat me like a child. I'll that's show right. you. Yeah, you do was plenty of time to walk away. I didn't. I sat there and I watched him get shocked like the rest of you. God. Oh, I'm a terrible person. Uh, that's Fuck. why we love you. I know. But seriously, so they only showed like one angle yeah. of, uh, you know, this uh, striker for NYFC coming in. Uh, the ball is like being driven towards the, uh, the near post. Braguzan comes out to pick it up. This guy like lunges with his foot up. I mean, like, see this? Yeah. Yeah, like at least a foot it's up. Pretty high for you. It was. It's pretty high. <laughs> it was it was obviously knee high because it hit Brad Guzan's knee. Right. Um, and he's a big six foot four dude. That's Brad, a high knee. Brad clearly got to the ball first. It's a studs up or leg up. Like I'm not gonna argue whether it was studs up or le- his leg was clearly up. Mm-hmm. Catches his knee forcefully, forcefully enough to blow his MCL out. Uh. So now you're and Brad goes down like wailing, right? Oh, I thought he was just done. Right. So he's like, he's like, yeah, he is for three months, right? Yeah. He played the rest of the game though, right? Right. Which is crazy, right? But he is done for for three months. Right. Okay. It was a bad camera angle. They're refusing yet again to treat me like an adult and see (laughs) see the angle whether. Free us! Free (laughs) us! Driving me crazy. Sorry. (laughs) So okay, there's there's. There's no card at all. 
There's no foul. Nope. Raguzan's out for three months. And it had you scratching your head because this is after vacation. I come watch. Like, how in the world do you, at minimum, not tell the referee, Dave, to go to the monitor? This is what we we're talking about. How do you not go to the monitor? I agree. So one thing that's interesting, and this is not just an MLS rule. This is a general rule. So VAR only comes, first of all, VAR only comes into a situation where it's red card. So if he felt like there was a foul that was yellow card, they won't do a VAR, which is a little bit crazy because well, if it's a yellow saying? card, don't you think you want to tell him it was a yellow card? Right? What's the problem with that? But the other thing about it, it has to be clear and obvious. So, for example, if the VAR reviewer felt like that was a borderline red card, you would have thought, okay, go to the VAR replay and show, let, him, let the referee see that. If he felt like the referee was there and he didn't make an obvious error that it wasn't an absolute red card, then they don't have a right to flag that. That's the rules. And this is where I think, you know, we've talked about it some in the past, and I know you've disagreed with me. Yeah. And I'll see if you want to agree with me now. Yeah. So I feel like the rules of the game are there to keep it fair. Mm -hmm. And the letter of the law is one thing, but the referees should use the rules to keep the game fair. Yeah. So I get that the language is it has to be clear and obvious. And the, 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 the letter of the law interpretation of that would be if you don't think it's an absolute red card, if you think it's a borderline red card, you don't even tell him to go there. I think if it's a borderline red, I want him to tell him that yeah. so that he can look at it. It was certainly borderline red, though. But what do you think about in terms of that's using the rules to keep it fair yeah. rather than doing the letter of the law, which you've disagreed with previously? Uh I don't know, even by, but moreover, by the letter of the law, I think th that, that that's where I am with this, right? Is like, you have a player who's coming in high with their leg that made contact with the goalkeeper who got there first. He gambled as a striker to try to get his foot on the ball and he lost that bet. Yeah. And he made contact with the keeper who first and foremost, Dave, like in, in your lifetime, right? With, with protecting the keeper too, oh, yeah. is always been paramount. Right. And you let a keeper get whacked in the knee and you're saying like, that's not even like how, where's the fairness of, of thinking about going, going to the, the monitor. And yeah. he, he didn't even call foul, dude. Right. And I, what I think like, is I don't that, even know, like I, what I, I think is that the VAR, the VAR reviewer looked at that and said, definitely yellow card but not clear and obvious red card. And because no, of that, they don't even get to review it. That's the rule. They don't, shouldn't. No, but even the referee in the field should have realized it was a yellow card first and foremost, and at minimum thrown the yellow card, and then the VAR says, sure. but maybe if, that I'm should be a I'm just talking red. about from the sense of the VAR ref. Yeah. If the VAR watching that replay yeah. says you to might himself, be right. you might be right. I think that's an obvious yellow and a borderline red. I, as a fan, if that's what they think, I want that reviewed. I want the, the referee to go take another look. Yeah, but that's not the rule. The rule is it has to be clear and obvious red. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so if it's not clear and obvious red, which in that case, if you think it's obvious yellow and borderline red, it's not clear yeah. and obvious red. You should, that The rule says you shouldn't review it. And, and again, yeah. I just always equate this to watching EPL on a Saturday. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen in any game, right, if – a goalkeeper comes out and and collects the ball 
and uh, a striker comes out and gambles to try to get there first and hits somebody knee high with their leg. It's at minimum going to be a yellow card. And, yeah, the and other thing that I, they don't have in MLS doesn't get that right. They don't have a review committee like in the Premier League. They can review certain plays like violent conduct yeah. like that, and they can red card after the fact well, and suspend the guy even if he wasn't so, red carded in the game. So Wayne Rooney went off on this like two weeks ago, evidently too, talking about like as a player and now as a coach, and he was trying to bite his lips, but he's definitely getting fined, I'm sure, for what he said. <laughs> he's you know he's he's basically exactly there's zero accountability. Right. For the refereeing system in MLS right now, and that is right. dangerous as hell. There is no no accountability for any of them. Yeah. Right. There's no we, we're not we're not judging it by the broadcast because they're certainly not giving the fans all the views. Right. Again, they're treating us like four year olds, and people like Wayne Rooney who are trying to file a complaint or ask questions are being shushed too. So this is bigger. And I think this goes back to the MLS refereeing, as we talked about when we first started podcasting, was really poor. Yeah. And I think to protect the integrity, they were trying to do this. Yeah. Now, I think the MLS refereeing has gotten better. Yeah. It's not great. Wayne Rooney gave him a real big backhanded smack, though, with uh, saying USL refereeing is, is better. Really? Yeah. I could, you know, oh. He's like, it's definitely better than MLS refs. Yeah. So that? what I would say is that I, I think you're absolutely right that they're protecting you know, and I think they stopped doing that in the Premier League where they have, again, at the end of this weekend, a review of all the controversial decisions. Yeah. And sometimes the referee has to come out and be like, yeah, I, you, I missed Do you one. know who they're letting do that, though? Is these guys on that show Extra Time. Yeah. Andrew Wiebe and the guy who yeah, says, MLS. Yeah, he said that'll never, they're like protecting the league because Mike Conte was tweeting about it. And he jumps in. They're also trying to control it socially yeah. on the well, on like they the don't Twitter. Twitter because Mike Conti's yeah. like, look, I'm no expert, but to me that feels like it should be a red card. Da da da. And Andrew Weeby jumps into Mike Conti's tweet and yep. is like, da da da. Like that's actually never ever ever a red card. And I'm like, never ever a red card. <laughs> Free and, us. So, and then I literally because I got a. I, I have to look up. I'm like Andrew Weeby. Did did this guy ever even play soccer? I know some of the other some of the other guys he does his podcast. He with, must have played soccer. Do, no, he not uh -oh. professionally. Oh well. So no. <laughs> I mean, well, I didn't play. Professionally. I yeah, to say, I know a lot about soccer, yeah. football. Like, that guy clearly doesn't know anything. I know they call it football. He, if he says that's never a red card. Um, I'm not saying like I would have been disappointed had it not been a red card as long as it was a review or at least a yellow card. Mm -hmm. But to say it's never a red card. I mean, I've, yeah. I've been red carded for that exact foul. <laughs> so I know that it can be a red card. I've seen me I've, do it. I've, I've seen that too. I've seen it. that too. So that's why I got all fired up about it. So I was like, I'm this guy must never have played soccer because Fair. to say it's never a red card. It's yeah. like, I know it can be a red card. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm a little late. There we go. <laughs> and maybe it's the way that Andrew Weeby dresses. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> I'm going right for the throat. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. He, he was fun. never beat up as a child. Okay, yeah. let's talk. <laughs> well, I, before we, but I know Elliot is, Elliot's with us. Hey, oh, Elliot. hey, Elliot. Yes, and I know we talked about it a little bit before, but it's like your kind of anger about the red card, is it at all affected by the fact that we got a red card later in this game, right? This is the same game that, no, that it was the, just a different one. 
Oh, it is, yeah, you're right. No, like I totally separate. You're completely separate. Completely okay. separate. And I'm, and I actually oh, was saying, like, I see. You think that that the Abara red card was a retaliation for not even not, not throwing even, a yellow. No, not on retaliation, him? but like, are you like more upset that we, oh, they no. didn't get a red I'm card, even, and then he gets a red uh, card for like a fifty-fifty? No, you know? no. I think Abara is like no, you look at it, it was stupid. Like I was saying, that's young Abara. He's a bruiser. Uh-huh. And we don't know from the other angle, it could look really, really bad. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It might be super. We might be sitting here if they would stop treating us like four year olds. And we might be like, oh, yeah, that was an obvious red. And to be fair, it consistent with that. When the when the referee walks over to the bench, which you could I didn't watch the game because I was in Panama, but in the replay you could even see this. He walks over to the bench, and what a, I don't know as a head coach or assistant coach for New York City FC, he's walking over there, and the ref, the head coach or assistant coach for New York City FC says. It's not a yellow for us. It's a red for them. And he had seen, he was right there on the sidelines with one of those iPads or whatever, and he knew it. So it must have, there's something there that we didn't see. He saw something and he knew right away because the referee on that play gave a yellow card to New York right. and nothing to Ibarra. Oh, then, is that uh, the yellow card yes. wasn't for Ibarra? No, Not he gave the, it, when he was watching it right there, he oh. gave a yellow card to the other guy and then he switched it. He put up the yellow card, waved no. it off and put up a red card for Ibarra. Now, my interpretation of that play was the New York player clearly had the advantage on playing it. He just was winding up to kick it, right? I think so. And so Abara, Abara was getting there late and did like a two-footed, two-footed. kind of stomp, which is very dangerous, right? Yes. So I have no problem with it actually being a red card. Yeah. I'm just saying I would have liked to see some different angles. Yeah, let's see the second. <laughs> but it was amazing to me that by the time the referee walked over to the sidelines, the New York City FC bench already knew it. And before he ever did anything, that guy said, no yellow card for us. He could, I could read his yeah. lips and red card for them. And that's what he did. Yeah. And that's what happened. Gotcha. Okay. I interrupted you. So yeah. somebody knew that. Right. So I feel like I've gone on enough of Randy. All right. Well, I want to calming down on <laughs> just calling people out on the internet. All right. Let's talk about, all right. So going into the Toronto game with, what we have let's talk about the starting lineup so how do we feel about the starting lineup in the toronto game well i would have have it down there that's not the toronto game yeah this is the starting lineup toronto 2-2 so we started with uh yakimaki's up front etienne is our left forward dear podcast listeners mikey Dawes has got like the beautiful nine notebook where he's put down all of his thoughts And it's a gorgeous thing. If it's, if you could figure it out, mm-hmm. you'd probably have the secrets of the universe. <laughs> In the midfield, without <laughs> without Almada, who was uh, nicked up for this yeah. game, we had Josetu kind of playing that yep. offensive, uh, which I always find it interesting. When they showed the the thing on the the net the broadcast, they had like Sosa up front. In the in the images, like like he oh, was going to really? be the attacking midfielder, but no. I was like, that's not what happened immediately. It was <laughs> no. it was that too that was up front, Sadik, who can only go backwards as our other <laughs> uh, midfielder, and then Sosa, <laughs> and then we had our normal backline with Wiley, Parata, Miles, and Lennon. Okay, so let's start with the oh, obvious. And 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 in goal we had yeah. uh, Westberg. Westberg. So let's start with the obvious. So Westberg's in goal. So how do you feel about that over Diop? way better after only seeing one appearance <laughs> of Diop. I, I think Westberg has good hands and is good on his line. I think he obviously had some blunders with his feet, which 
I'll give him some rope for now because, mm-hmm. like, look, he hasn't had that many start. You know, you have to play a lot of starting games to feel comfortable, particularly in a playing out of the back type of system Atlanta United wants to play. Um, he tried to do that Brad Guzan one that makes your stomach kind of uh, go up into your oh. throat, and he totally failed. It was it was so bad. He like basically passed it to the, somebody at the top of the eighteen, and they didn't score. Oof. Um, so he's got some work to do with his feet, uh, but. There was some moments where he was at least strong on, you know, punching it out of uh, off the line and, and and clearing it. And I don't know. That was my takeaway. He's at least legitimate size. Yeah, it's legitimate size. <laughs> and 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 to be honest, so I you know watched him actually a fair amount with Toronto yeah. previously, and he's a good shot stopper. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really command the box the way a Guzan does, yeah. but. He's a legit MLS goalkeeper. We have no problem with that. His his shot stopping is good. I think if he can work his way into being a little little bit better with his brain and his feet out of the back and not taking his – I know we want to take the risk of playing that ball straight up. Like that's part of how we want to play in the back. Uh And that's like baked into how we practice, right, where they make sure like, hey, don't be afraid to split those guys right up the center. So I think we're still going to see some more of that. I think we're going to see a Westberg goal given up by him trying to do the play right up the center, and it's going to get picked off by one of these teams. That would have happened to Guzan too, maybe. So There's a a decision that was made. So clearly after um, the injury, right? So we get um, Papa Giorgio injured, right? And he goes off, and in comes Barry. but you know the interesting thing is so and and early on three minutes in the game Goodman, we get a goal. Goodman comes in early too. But what I was going to say, just from lineup standpoint, so if Goodman was ready and he came on pretty early, so he seems like he was ready. Mm-hmm. One of the things I would ask you is, do you think that Goodman should have been back at left back and Wiley, who's so effective in the early part of the season as the left of that front three? back up to the you know to one of the front three i don't know i'll give i mean again this is this is philosophy if if you're back in training and you're 100 like if you're on the if you're on the roster right you should be 100 percent. so goodman was 100 percent. now the question is can he go 90 minutes mm-hmm. would have been the question mark is he fit enough and if wiley is your more fit guy maybe it's okay that you say you'll start wiley because you can get 90 minutes out of him yeah so they brought on Gutman for Wiley. Yeah. And I was like, you know, especially in this game when it looked like, okay, after Papa Georgia goes out, you're like, where are the goals coming from? There's no Almada. Yeah. There's no Papa Georgia. Those are our scores. If you look at the team, who else has scored for us? Wiley. Right. So I don't really understand why Gutman didn't come in immediately and Wiley push up. Why play Barry at all? Right. Why no, not? I, I would have put. To your point, Chol should have been put up as our striker. He could, or even Araujo or Etienne as a false nine. Araujo was happen. It just so happens he was having a very bad game. Yeah, I would he left I would him have, in. I would have given. Yeah, I he would never have, substituted him, even yeah. though he was having should, a nightmare. Should have. He should have. Yeah, should have shifted Wiley out to be a, be on an inverted on the right and put Chol up front, and Gutman is left back. That's what he should have done. Yeah, and I, mm. to be honest with you, I never would have started Jose too. I would have probably had Gutman in there. I would have had Wiley up, and then I would have dropped Etienne into the hole where Josetu was. Give us some offense. Yeah, I, I we still haven't seen him in the center part of the field, though. I know you keep 
You, Better you, than Jose. You keep hitting that drum, <laughs> but Jose too can't a, score. No, I mean he literally can't score. Yeah, I mean <laughs> because, he he got one early on where it just happened to get lucky and bounce yeah. off somebody and win the top left, but All that's right. the only reason. Yeah, yeah, that was a miracle. Well, you know who really can't score though? Uh oh, is Miguel Barry. Uh <laughs> he doesn't even touch the ball. He yeah, came I, in the game, and the commentator did say, like, late, because I see this game, I was able invisible? to catch the second half because it's back. And anyway, but um, <laughs> the, the commentator came on. Barry had been on the field for, like, 30 minutes. He's like, I don't think that we've said his name, <laughs> which is true. He never touched the ball. He was not involved at all. Yeah. Completely invisible. Invisible. Not the first time. Off the bench. Like you come in off the bench, fresh, run around right. a little bit, yeah. bring run. some energy, like something. something. Yeah. As soon as as soon as Yakimakis was injured, like the the balloon was deflated on the team for sure. So so going forward, I mean, you got to presume that Almada's back. That that was just a slight whatever, and you got to say Gutman is back. So presumably. So the next lineup, you would say Gutman starts at left back. Wiley goes up, right? And now the question is, is Etienne dropping into the attacking midfield and playing alongside Wiley? Or is it Machop Chol and no either Etienne or Wiley? Look, here's what should happen. Is back line is Gutman, Parata, Miles, and Lennon. Well, really should be Hernandez. We keep saying that, like that's our wish. But I know that's the other thing, right? So once once uh I mean the other thing that I couldn't believe, right? So Wiley's on fire as one of the left, you know, front forward, right? Yeah. And Gutman gets hurt, right? Why not consider Hernandez playing at left back and leave Wiley up where huh. he's been doing well? Yeah. Why? Because th- he's stuck on giving Etienne the he time thinks to- Hernandez sucks. I don't know why. That's why. And, and there's there's another even another option, right? Abram, right? Exactly. Abram could have come in there, and uh, Parata maybe could have played left. Yeah. Or something. There there are options. Or you have nobody play left, and you play Abram, Parata, and Robinson as a, just a straight back three. Yeah. And Lennon becomes a winger. Wiley becomes the other winger, winger. and you play a three. Yeah. There's <laughs> options. <laughs> Dave was like, I thought of eight okay. different things in just this. <laughs> but so the, the thing here is that I think the most. Kill me. So the most. Who are we playing next in our schedule here? What do we got? Let's see. Um, who, when, and where? Uh, We're on the road again, right? If we are going to have any chance of winning the next game. What do you think the most important position and player role will be? I'm just curious because I'm just curious if it'll sync with what I think you already agree with. Oh, we're home. Home in Chicago. Yeah, home in Chicago. Home in Chicago. Sunday. This Sunday. Oh, hey. what a game. Yeah. I might go to the game too. It's my, <laughs> I, I apologize to your podcast <laughs> listeners because being away on vacation, you come back, you're like, oh, I don't know. What happened? Yeah. It's my it, birthday. It's your birthday. Too. Are you going? Oh. Are we going? I hope so. <laughs> Danny Rojas. Yes. So, got a chance. Birthday weekend. Good luck. Carmen, you going to the game? You available on Sunday? Probably. Let's go to the game, people. Let's go to the 
the game. Why it's not? a beautiful Sunday yeah. afternoon. Let's yes. go. Let's all go to the yeah. footy match. Let's all go to the footy match. Let's Who all go to the footy match and watch them score some goals. We hope that Almada <laughs> will be there again. Is Wiley available? He's going to be. Should be. He's back from Mexico. Where are they playing out? Wait, who? Oh, he's with the U.S. He got he's called with, up. Yeah. That's this Wednesday, so he should he be should back. Be, he could be back. He but might what, have been yeah, but the Pineda yeah. will rest him. Probably rest him. That's okay. We got Gutman, and then he's like Etienne. 14 years old. He can run all day. <laughs> that true. too. Come should on. Be fun. And he's not gonna play. Probably. Especially if he doesn't play, then he should come back and play. Yeah. So okay. Yes. Fair enough. He can deal with the jet lag. All right. What or who would you start going into the Chicago Fire game at home? Assuming Almada is available. I'd go back to our, you know, the what was working, Gutman, um, Parata, Robinson, and Lennon. Although I think you make a valid point that if Abram has really come here, he didn't come here to be the backup. Yeah. Why right? is he not in Parata's position? I think Parata hasn't, like, wowed anybody. Nope. He's been all right, but he's gotten away with some things. At, at home, like, this is, like, maybe that moment where he gives – Abram, his yep. his shot, right? Yep. Why not? And obviously, Abar is out for another um, game. He has two games suspended. Two games. Okay. Right. So that means that Sosa has got to be the starter. Yeah. And you know he's going to play with Sadich and Jose too. Yep. But that's that's nuts to me, right? So <laughs> I would play with uh, I would play with Sosa and I would play with Almada. And I mean, I think he thinks that he gets defense out of Josetu, but yeah, have but you it, seen Josetu play defense? Not good defense. No, not good defense. No. So, so you, you're not going to think he's going to start Josetu over Almada if he's fit, right? Or you think he's going to start Josetu no, and then Jose, sub in Almada later on? No, Josetu and Almada are going to play. Okay. And Sedic is on the bench. No, and Sadik too. Well, unless because no, you, you know what he's gonna do. No, because we this got Sosa is not the lineup. The this is the line. He's gonna play Josetu at the defensive midfield, Sadich as <laughs> and Ahmad in front of him. That's what he's gonna do. And no. then he's gonna play with Etienne still at the left. He's gonna play well, this... Araujo on the right, and it's gonna be Barry up top. Oh, God. If, so there's no so there's two things. If Barry yes, is, is if Barry is up top and Sosa's not on the field, then our whole theory that Pineda doesn't understand talent is already 100% true. We don't need <laughs> to debate that anymore. Yeah, fair. Like, seriously, if, if Miguel, well, let's just start with, like, this is what I was getting. If Miguel Barry starts the game, then Pineda has lost the plot. Do you disagree with me? No. I Anyone? think uh, no. at worst, you can, you could see him playing Chol and being like, okay. Yes. I love Chol. Yeah, up no there. problem. That's, bring that, the Chol. To me, that is the most important thing: is that he plays Chol up there, or figure something out where it's uh, it's Wiley inverted, or Chol is up on the right wing, and then you put Araujo as the false nine. But it needs to be yeah. Araujo or Chol at the at the the front. To me, leading the line. To me, you have this problem, right? So that as soon as Gutman comes back, right? So Etienne has started to play pretty well. Yeah. He hasn't been the dynamic force that Wiley was, though. And so here's your problem, right? But he's good. So if Gutman comes back, you got to try to figure out a way to have Wiley and Etienne in the same team. And this is where you're like, why did we buy two left-footed? Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so to me. 
I would have said that, you know, Wiley goes on the left, Araujo on the right, and it's either Etienne Almada um, as the false nine. I probably, if you want, let's just say what I'm going to do because who cares? Yeah, let's say, <laughs> what would you do? Like, if, you, if it's your team, you could starting lineup. And and I think what by that I mean today because like starting Ronald Hernandez like just out of the blue right now might not be the best decision maybe it is but I don't know I would have said Almada is the false nine okay and the Dave's team and I would have said that the midfield would be should be Sosa um no I guess it's got to be. Sosa, Almada, and Etienne in the midfield. Okay, so Almada's not up front, or you're saying he isn't playing a false nine? No, just as the attacking midfield where he normally is. And then um, Wiley on the left, um, Araujo as the um, false nine, and Etienne on the right. Okay. And Cello would come off the bench, as we need a replacement, you know, as a yeah. striker. So basically what I would have said, whether it's a sub for Araujo or either of the forwards. Chulky, yeah. Whatever's not, not doing it. What I would have said is that at home in the center midfield, you don't need another def- truly defensive midfielder. You can get away with just Sosa. Mm-hmm. I think as long as you have three in the midfield, right? Mm-hmm. So Almada and whoever the other midfielder is, in my case, it would be Etienne, have to help, right? Um, I think he's going to put in Sadich. So I'm even okay with saying Sosa, Sadich, and Almada as the center midfield. But in any case, my whole point is that I would get all of the attackers in so that you could truly play with one as a false nine. So you can have Wiley, Etienne, Araujo, no problem. I'll have all three of them in the attack and make it dynamic. Use the speed. Yeah. Right. I don't feel like we have to play with a striker. Now I do feel like in the preseason, Machop Chol was really good, but is he ready to lead the line for our team for a whole game? I'm not sure. It, to me, I would say to him, look, you're going to get your shot. You're going to play for 30 minutes. You're going to be ready and you're going to play for sure. Um, and you know, we're going to keep giving you those opportunities. What we want is Machop Chol to become the super backup for Yakamaki yeah. so that hmm. if we don't, if so in the future, if he keeps playing well, he comes in for Yakamaki's yeah. late in the game. Occasionally he'll get a start when Yakamaki's needs a rest. Yeah. And then um, if something happens to Yakamaki's, he can lead the line. That's the goal. Yeah. Right. And so to do that, you keep giving him 30 minutes and, yeah. and give him a real shot. Um, but in the meantime, when you don't have Yakamaki's, I don't understand. You don't have to force a striker. You certainly don't have to force a Barry. So, uh, so to me, yeah. if you're not ready to put, to put Chol in from the beginning, which I'm okay with, if he does, I would say, and I, I wouldn't, I would say, uh, I would probably go with a false nine, just make it interchangeable. Give them Etienne, Wiley, Araujo and Almada as interchangeable and say, try to stop it. <laughs> I, but I just don't get how a player could be more boring than Miguel Berry. <laughs> he doesn't move. He doesn't move. He doesn't even, fa- like, he's not even like Dom Dwyer. At least, like, at least piss somebody off, foul somebody, do something. 
You know what happened? It, uh, what happened? What happened? You know what happened? So Adam Jean went on vacation Aha. to Spain and he came back as Miguel Berry. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're the same player. They're big. They're strong. I do believe that maybe they could finish if it was perfectly put on their head. But they don't move. Yeah. Yeah. And in a team where you have all that, you know, interchanging, you need to. I can close my eyes right now and I can see Miguel Berry's figure lumbering around. Like, it's just yeah. so not effective. Not effective. I don't get it. I, yeah, I, just, I don't get it. He knew from the beginning, just that one first run he made where he was yeah. the molasses. But Elliot is saying, wish they had kept Ronaldo. Was that Cisneros? Cisneros. Cisneros. I mean, he was more dynamic yeah, than Barry. He, he, he could he could certainly do a little bit more. There's a couple of little glimpses uh, from. No, if you're going to say Cisneros. that, you should have said, why don't we keep watchman call? We lent to left to Cincinnati. You really. Oh, couldn't. well, uh, <laughs> I, I think that was uh, part of the whole MLS thing where you have to, you can't protect players. Yes. So when you're looking at the whole well, chess board, protected him. We, we <laughs> probably should have. Because I, at those times we had some players but, who we protected like, Oh my God. If you went back and look at the players who okay. we protected yeah. in order to lose him. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. Who are we talking about? His name is escaping me. I know you're talking about. Yeah, he's U.S. men's national team right. striker. Ooh, Brandon something. Brandon Vasquez. Yeah, Brandon Vasquez. There it is. We got there. <laughs> I could see it. Coming there. back from vacation, <laughs> yes. people. Um, yeah, Brandon Vasquez. And, and, um, we had surfer boy left back. Uh, no, not the guy who hurt his knee. Like, yeah, Rex Shea. Uh, uh, we, we protected him yeah. over Vasquez. I think we probably protected. That is, uh, you if, know. if that is like, that's, that's enough. Stop right there. <laughs> okay. Does anyone else feel, well, that's just me. I'm like, feel like I'm looking at like past ex-boyfriends and you're like, oh, yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Kept yeah, yeah. him around for that long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, okay. All right. Now, why don't we just quickly? He's now at Miami, where that's the cast off Atlanta United team. To wrap up, Breck Joseph Shea? Martinez, no. Breck Shea, they're all there. To wrap up the NYFC game, Dave, because it ended up being a two to two draw, but we are up. No, Toronto, I mean. Yeah, Toronto. Toronto. Sorry. Yeah. Toronto. Toronto game, we're up two to one. And there is literally 45 seconds left in extra time. Right. Um, the ball is at midfield for uh for toronto and um we let them score <laughs> and we did not have a defensive posture we, we did... have that highlight can we call can that we up carmen let's see if i can because do it. i keep going say. mikey Dodds while yeah. she tries to call it up yeah i know it just it it really it's speaks the very end of that highlight reel for sure okay. it's the last play in the game it, it just shows right that there's some common sense that's missing when you're on the road, you have an opportunity to get three points. And I don't know, like, I'd love to see what is happening on the sidelines in the technical area for Pineda in terms of him screaming for people to stay back and get good positioning to park the bus. But it was definitely not happening. Um, there's, there's a moment here where uh, you'll see Lennon runs up the field. Who's our Pause right, right there. right there, our right back. Okay, that's a perfect. Back, like, that's even even that's fine. I right? go back. Just a second. Yeah. Okay. Play it again and uh, not yet. Nah, it's after this yeah, play. So ready and freeze it. Midfield. So our right 
fullback decides to be in an area where Ara you Ujo, can name him Ara Ujo should be Lennon <laughs> <laughs> Lennon should be back into the right which we keep talking about over and over again on this podcast there is a player that receives it out on the the far side where Ara Ujo can spin his wheels with his fat and just be pestering all all day right. uh but we're not set up that way. We see Lennon panicking, running up the field into an area where Ford could and should already be, uh, but not the case. So here's the thing. So we talked about it early in the season, right? So we, so what do we think is the reason why Atlanta United has gotten off to a better than we expected start? Because I think Pineda should get a ton of credit for what I think is the big difference is he has stopped us having both outside backs going all the time. It has really been Lennon bombing all the time. Robinson is pinching over. When Robinson wasn't there, when he was on national team duty, it was an epic disaster, right? We got annihilated at Columbus because of that. It's because it's just a lopsided craziness. But anyway, the bottom line is he's keeping three in the back, right? And so, but what I said... Earlier on the podcast, and I wish it weren't coming true, I said, I don't really think that Pineda truly appreciates how important that is for this team. And I said, for example, if you really thought that that was such a difference, that late in the game, you would say, all right, Lennon, stop going forward. Understand. And I said, look, what if we're on the road, like in one of the big matches, like LAFC or something, and we got a one goal lead, right? If you really understood that, you would say stop and he would be back. Well, here it is, folks, okay. right? We are up two to one. We are on the road at Toronto where we never win. And yeah, so hold, hold on. But, yeah, before we play this, <laughs> damn it, the, the, the last frame says Gutman's in the bottom right. So we do have four back, Dave. So I just want you to analyze like the back line. There yeah, are because he's brought in Abram as an extra back yeah. right, at this point. So he might say, okay, look, I did that. No, I'm just I'm talking still... about like our shape, right? So yeah. we have four in the back and then is that Sosa right in front? So yep. it's not like we don't have people back. Right. Okay. Um, and then in front of the referee, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who's playing where the where Lennon should be is Araujo. Araujo. Who, that is Arrows. Who's not a defensive-minded player, right? He's our no. creative breakaway <laughs> speed all. guy, right? So what one thing that stands out here is we have the two players in the wrong position. This is the biggest problem of this whole frame. Everything else is relatively okay, other than the fact that I would say maybe Sosa should be pushing up on the other guy in front of the referee there. Sosa's got all, all the time in the world, and there's 20 yards between. So Sosa might not be as urgently pressing that space as he could be. Uh, I think that is a problem. But I want to say that Lennon and Araujo should be in. Wait, which one are you saying? Sosa's below Sosa's the referee. closer to you to the referee. Yeah, that one. And should be closer to the player that's wide open in the middle of the field, right? Because he has no other responsibilities, right? Yeah, he's going over there. Yeah, um, but why is there? That's like that's. Like, I think they just switched it. That's so, like twenty yards. So he is recovering over there. But anyway, yeah, yeah okay, okay, I can right? buy that. But more importantly, right, is Lennon and Arujo should be flip flopped in this situation. Lennon yes. should be playing a defensive 
fullback position, which is what we want from somebody in that role, a.k.a. Aaron Hernandez, right, to be marking the guy that's about to receive the ball, play it back, and da-da-da-da-da. So as part of this system, he has still occasionally asked when Lennon is up. So, so you know, what was killing us last year is Lennon, and in this case it would be Wiley, but it was Gutman last year, were up the field, and he was asking Sosa and Abara and the center midfielder and Sadich to cover in behind them. Um, because Gutman and now Wiley was staying back – we don't have that as much, but he's still with Lennon forward. He has now at least conceded that it shouldn't be a center midfielder. And we've stopped having nobody in the center midfield because they were always going out there and wasting all their energy. So Robinson is supposed to be over there covering for that. Now Robinson is coming out there and he's, he's not quite out there. I don't know why he's not out there earlier, but anyway, the bottom line is clearly as has been happening some Araujo is covering in behind but Lennon. This is, but but the whole madness. Thing, the whole thing is a symptom of giving Lennon too much freedom to be yes. offensive as a as a fullback, and yes. and knowing in the ninety third minute yes. here that your job is defense, 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 and who is the guy that's in the back right here that you should be marking up and let let Araujo be the luxury player and pester where this if guy's there involved. is forty five seconds and you are truly a defender. You are going over to the guy and you are saying to Araujo, you go. This is my guy. Get the hell out of my my defensive place. Exactly. Yes. But that's not a defender. That's not a defender. It's like pressing all the buttons right now. What about a straitjacket? What's with that? There we go. (laughs) Somebody should put a straitjacket on this guy. Yeah, and that guy would be Lennon and or... (laughs) Pineda, who's not yelling at Lennon, right? Uh, it's the same. It's it is like like this is why we lost the game is because we and and like look, Brooks Lennon is doing what he's being told to do. He's running around, closing the space. I think he's being told that he's the best offensive thing since Maradona, yeah. and he should he should keep going forward. And yeah. he's been given the proverbial green light to go. And because he's been given the green light, I do think that Pineda is not stupid enough to say, I think you shouldn't be going forward with 45 seconds to go. A la Fred in the World Cup, who was chasing it to the front corner for Brazil. Right? I mean, that's the (laughs) definition of of moron. This is what happens. Araujo is realizing it's the end of the game, and he's like, well, I don't need to be up. Yeah. There's, he's like, what are you right. doing? He's like, exactly. I don't, he's like, I don't need to be up because so he's trying to be defensive minded. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this natural gap happens where if he knew that his fullback was being a, being a fullback, he actually wouldn't be where he is. Right. So the whole thing is a symptom of what is in our DNA. And at the end of the game, like that's, that's why this is happening. Plus Lennon is running up to challenge him. Right. Why? He's touching the touchline. He's at midfield. Yeah. Right? He's getting sucked in. He's getting sucked in for what? Because I think there's no thought put into it whatsoever. Right? That's my point. You've completely talked about this before. Like, just the fact that situationally, we can't, there's, there's, like, the head's not there in these situations. and, And also, okay, if you, like, this is, again, another frame where you know you're not watching good soccer. Okay, and we, we talk about this, right? Because house, like this is, yeah. you know, ninety three minutes. Explain watch, to people what you mean by that. All right, so we yeah, we talk about like watching good soccer, like the the view of this in the ninety third minute versus say like a Fulham, right? That is defending 
for their lives in the last minute of an EPL relegation game, mm-hmm. they would not be this spread out. There would be, no, be two banks of four. There would be two <laughs> banks of four and a ton of uniform. I mean, there would be just so much discipline Absolutely. in what you're seeing here. You're like, how are they lined mm-hmm. up like little chess pieces? Because they know it's they will get kicked off the team if yep. they are not in those positions, Brooks yep. Lennon. Stay back right. There's, I mean, literally, that's that's why you know you're watching bad soccer. It, it's, it's it Atlanta United has allowed it to be stretched in this case, right? Um, and and the interesting thing is Pineda has made the decision here to try and kill off the game because he brought in another center back, Abram, right? Um, but yet, even though he's done that, we still he still can't get through to the team discipline enough where we don't have Lennon charging out like a, you know, yeah. like Which is why Gettysburg you see, or yeah, something. Yeah, why you see Arizio kind of <laughs> charging up the yeah. middle. Like, I know. Like, it's like trying to be, madness. Trying to be a hero running up that there. That didn't work in Gettysburg, by the way. Yeah. A lot of All people right. died. We want to watch it. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. watch it play out here. And it's in behind him. Oh. And now Arizio So Arizio's like, oh, I got to defend? Yeah. It's too late. Now, the other thing about this play, and let's go back, because the other thing that we've been talking about, whether whether Parata is good enough, right? So as soon as Araujo gets absolutely, you know, I mean, he gets, na- he gets caught napping, which is fine. That's the kind of player he is, right? Robinson goes over to challenge him, and he tries to block the cross. He's got his hands behind the back, the whole thing. He slides, and he forces a ball back in. Right, but look at Parata. He's running back with Sosa. Yeah. Right. And instead of actually going out to address that play, he's double teaming the guy in the middle while the guy scores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So watch Sosa on this play. Sosa actually, so Sosa's right behind the ref. Played again. Yeah. Right. Sosa comes in here and he goes to double key. He takes the free guy and tries to get back there, right? He he recognizes the danger, right? And know. tries to recover I, to it because he gets there. I didn't love Sosa's positioning. I agree. He was scrambling coming from across. Yeah. But now watch. Go back and play it one more time and watch Parata the whole time. So Parata starts with the guy. I see what Watch Parata. He goes with the guy even though Abrams is the other back who's already back there. He's not realizing that I am supposed to release because we have another center back. Yeah. He could have come over there and make that play. Instead, Sosa's trying to track it from midfield. Because the guy who scores, go back one more time. The guy who scores. Yeah, all right. The guy who scores starts next to him, but runs right into. Oh, no, it's not the guy who scores. The guy who scores comes from in front of them. And Parata never releases that guy. Him and Abrams didn't talk. He didn't release. Yeah. So a tie that feels totally like a loss. Um, All right. Chicago predictions at home. Chicago is terrible. They're bad. We've got Almada back. The only person we're missing is our striker. No Yakumakis. No Yakumakis. No Ibarra. No Ibarra. Right. So all, all. So I would have said, so this is where last year, Pineda would go in the press conference and say, we are devastated by injuries. We've lost our leader in Guzan. We've lost our goal scorer 
in Yakamaki's and, and the heart of the midfield in Ibarra. And I would say yes, but we have Westberg, who's a serviceable background. We have Sosa, who's better than Ibarra, right? And we're getting Amada back. So stop complaining and yeah. go win the game. Yeah, and Chol, mm. Chol who's big mm. and physical and is way better than Barry up front. And he's going to probably, I think we're going to win. But if we lose, he'll say that. He'll say, wow, there's so much injuries. It's just like last year and blah, 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 blah. Excuse, 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 right? And to me, at home with this team against Chicago, who's woeful. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you call up the table, I mean, Chicago is just. uh, Who was their designated player from Europe that they had that? They keep buying Eastern Europeans. They yeah. had um, Shakiri. Shakiri, right? Shakiri, I think he's still on the Shakiri. team, but he's the only good player, yeah. right? So we're, we're we awful. we still have had the best start ever of Atlanta United, right? In terms of our record on the first quarter. I'm not sure that's true anymore. Okay, maybe not after the last two draws. After, okay, um, we did at one point. So we've got what uh, 15 points. So I think we're like. Six overall in the in the rankings. If I'm correct, if you include there. both conferences, if you, yeah. if you include both, right? So, yeah, three three there, and then what? Two in front. So yeah, we're sixth overall. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the first quarter? How do you mean gr- the first quarter of the season? First quarter. They were, this is roughly the first quarter of the season, right? I don't know how many games yeah. are there, but yeah, yeah. Um, I you know I. I was predicting pretty disaster. So mm-hmm. I got to eat some crow because um, I didn't think that Pineda would recognize how uh, I thought he would still continue to do this madness. And he played a third guy in the back. And I think to me, it's changed everything. Yakamakis yeah. um, has looked like for real. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think Almada's we, playing insane with the bunch Almada of bailed us out in that one game. Do I yeah. think that, we could be even better than we are. Yes. Yeah. But do I think it's a good start? Yes. Yeah. And do I give Pineda credit for that? Yes. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm in line with you there. Oh, look at all the positivity yeah. coming from the land. But ETL on fire. I know, but that's the thing. It's like, it's hard because it's like, we could be doing so much better. Yeah. You have moments like this game and you say, I, to be honest with you, I think were we a little bit fortunate to be up two to one. Yeah, maybe. But when you're up to, two to one in that game, you have got to, as a coach, not give up something stupid. Right. And we gave up a stupid goal. Yeah. Right. I mean, not, it was a good goal for them. So it wasn't what, you know, it wasn't like we did something super bad, but what was stupid about it is us not recognizing that the game was at the end and still defending wildly. So what else do we want to talk about soccer wise? Uh, Did we get predictions for the Chicago game? Elliot has Atlanta winning three, one. Ooh, at home three to one. I mean, Chicago is Carmen just called up the standing. Chicago is actually eighth, um, which is not terrible, but their team is terrible. Here's, here's (laughs) my, I think Elliot is right. We win three to one. If, if Uh Miguel Barry does not see the field. (laughs) (laughs) What happens if he sees the field? We will probably tie or lose the game. 
I can't see us losing at home to Chicago. I think we could tie because if, if Miguel Barry tie maybe if Barry either that or, <laughs> I mean Almada could do it do enough on his own. I think at home against a bad team. Yeah, it's a little win. hard to prognosticate yeah. because we don't know whether Almada is going to be in the starting lineup. We don't know whether Wiley is going to come back. Um, and to be honest, Wiley was a really early part. Of, he looked really dynamic. Almada feeding Wiley on the left was. No offense to Etienne, but it was better than Etienne, yeah. right? Um, and so it's just we got to get him back up there. It's just because it's, it's a difference of like a half a step with Wiley. That's called youth. 18. So here's here's an interesting question, right? <laughs> and I don't want to talk that much about the national team because we've talked about it, and it's just these games mean nothing or whatever. But um, so Wiley gets called up. Congratulations, okay. awesome. You know, here's the thing. Do you think the U.S. national team sees Wiley, A, as a left back, B, as a winger, or C, as a forward of a front three? I'm going to go the U.S. national team sees him as a forward of a front three. Garmin? Was defender one of the options? Yes. I'm pretty sure he's listed as a defender. He's listed as a defender. I yeah. think defender. But I think I think they see him maybe as a... Because if I were watching, I would have said, Wiley looks great in the early season, and he maybe deserves a call-up as an attacker. That's what I would <laughs> right? say, yeah. Um, not as a left-back. But I also think he's 18. Sure. If- Could he learn to play left-back? Yeah. Absolutely. So- but I, to me, why do you want that guy at left-back? He's so dynamic going forward. Yeah. He looks like he could be legit going forward. Yeah. So why would anybody want him? I mean, I know this idea that all of our left backs shouldn't play defense and just be attacking, but that's not written. Yeah. It's not 10 commandments. Yeah, people. He's a forward. He's a forward. I think. Yeah. I think he's a terrific forward and he should be a forward. He, I mean, he looks good up there. He looks really good yeah. up there. Um, so, what are your predictions of uh, U.S. versus uh, Mexico? Does it matter? No. Okay. Doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. I doesn't mean, matter. Nothing really matters. Doesn't but matter. I mean, yeah, I know. Especially well, things this matter. Yeah. What do you? Okay, so let's move off of that. What do you think about the Premier League coming to the U.S. in the summers? Two games at the Mercedes Benz, Dave. I like it. We got Brighton. But we don't have the MLS All-Star game, which is too bad, because the MLS All-Star game is Arsenal versus MLS All-Stars. Good game. Although Arsenal's about to implode and lose the title. Oh, my gosh. Man City's going to go right by them. How many goals did I predict Holland was going to score in the preseason? A crap ton. I don't remember. Didn't everybody? Like I know you keep you keep saying that I didn't think I, I think you had this conversation with somebody else. It definitely wasn't me. I thought Erlen Holland would have fifty goals in the EPL. So, I said fifty for sure on yeah. the podcast. We can go back and review that. Yeah. And I thought I got a little bit of side eye. He's gonna score a lot, but not not you will team. not find that on ATL on fire. I will right? research. I don't think you said anything. I think yeah, I yeah. overinterpreted your look. Yeah, no, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Erlen Holland, that guy. I, I'm surprised he hasn't had a couple more. They goals. were at sixes and seven. But he's Our only, relationship is flawed. What's he got right now? Is, is no love only, in in regular season play. What's he got like 34? Yeah, he's broken the record like for yeah. Premier League. Um, he's going close to the all-time record for goals period in a season. Um, 
mind. Yeah. And and Man City, who has had a, a little bit of wobbles in the middle of the season, they're just steamrolling now, yeah. right? And Arsenal, who I thought, I mean, to credit to Arsenal and Arteta has done a fantastic job. I never thought they were going to hold on. I thought they would start to drop points here and there, whatever. They didn't for a long time. Yeah. Now they are. And you drop points. So they just tied on the weekend. So now they're only one or two points ahead mm -hmm. of Man City. Man City has a game in hand. So they can pass them just with the game in hand. They have a game against Arsenal at home. Uh, Nobody thinks that, that Man City's not going to beat Arsenal at the Etihad. You do? I like it. I'm with you. I'm with you, Mikey Jobs. I don't mm -hmm. know why. I will take that bet. <laughs> Write it, write it down. Where's the phone? It's already that's documented, and I, I know that that's a uh, that's, that's that's an under underdog bet. But I do think that they're either going to steamroll them at at home. Yeah, it's going to be like five nil or Arsenal's no. I, four nil. They're going to score a bunch of goals. I don't think Arsenal has that has that uh, fold mentality. No, but the problem is. I think they're a very good team. I think Arsenal doesn't know how. So to Manchester United, try you know early season. Ten Hag comes in, gets Manchester United rolling. They go to Man City in the Etihad, and he's like, "Let's go toe to toe with them." And then, I don't know if you remember, but we lost what six nothing, six to one, it whatever was, it was. It wasn't pretty. It was horrible. Yeah. They scored. They could have mm -hmm. scored fourteen. And the problem with Arsenal is that Arsenal doesn't know how to play on the road yet. They're a young team. They're a very good team. I think Arteta's really good. But if you have going to have any chance, so when they had the return match against Manchester United, Manchester United sat at home, absorbed all the pressure, counterattacked, and beat Man City, right? And that's what you – if you're Arsenal, you got on the road and do that. And I don't think that team is capable of doing that. They never do that. I think they're capable. They're on their front foot I all the time. They're going to go try to go head-to-head -head with Man City, I, and they're going to get – That's that's the more likely outcome, I will, even though I took the bet. But I, <laughs> but I do think that – He's already backpedaling, people. There's no backpedaling. I okay. still think that Arsenal is going to pull it off, though. How many games do we have between now and then? They have maybe one, maybe two. So what's the, there's a four point difference game in hand for Manchester, which means there's a one, basically in theory, there's a one point difference. They've got to play Manchester city on their home turf. So if both teams get a, if it draws, it's, it's, it's still one point lead by yeah. Arsenal. There's no room for them to mess yeah. up. Oh, if they just, just win their game in hand and then draw in that game, then they still beat Arsenal. Because they now only have. Well, if a, they draw, then both teams get a point, so it's still a point difference by Arsenal. No, but it, Man City has a game in hand now, and they're only down by two. So if they win that game they're in down hand, by they're four. up by they're one. They're down by four now. No, they're down by two with a game in oh, hand. Okay, I, so because yeah. Arsenal okay. keeps stumbling, stumbling. Okay. stumbling. I, thought, I thought the difference is four. Nope. Um, with with I don't think a, so. With you a game in hand. Okay, so I have a. <laughs> I have a theory. Seventy-four people. points, and what? what hold on, scroll come on, down. scroll sorry, down. Sorry, Don't sorry, stop messing with me. There we go. Yes. Ha ha. Where's the spoon? Okay. Um, but I, I'm gonna win this bet now. No, it's not I got the math bet. right. So, so here's the thing. So here's my theory. So Mikey Dobbs went on a Disney cruise. Okay. Yeah. And since he's been back, he has said 
Jack Grealish isn't so bad. <laughs> and Arsenal's going to win away at Man City. I think he got kidnapped by the princesses, people. <laughs> Let him back. Let the real Mikey Dobbs back. Well, you know I'm an Arsenal fan, like, from way of back. Of course. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Before but, I was a Wolves fan, I was an Arsenal fan. Then I, we got hosted by Wolves back in the day. So I became it. a Wolves fan Carmen. Okay. in the mid-90s. The princesses the have princess. the real Mikey Dobbs locked up somewhere on a boat in the Caribbean. Interesting. And this... <laughs> this it. is not the real Mikey Dobbs. I believe it. Yeah. And the other Premier League news that Mikey Dobbs was super excited about yeah. was Chelsea. Oh, that oh. uh Mr. Elliot also brought up with I'm sure your favorite, Mr. Lampard coming back. Oh Just yeah. Because, like out of the blue. They, like, what, what do you what do you think about that? Is that not the definition of insanity? <laughs> yes. He sucks as a coach. Like, I mean, why? really like, bad. What is like? There is there's some mentally. I like unsta- Lampard. I think he was a terrific player. Yeah, but he sucks as a coach. Yeah. He's done nothing but not good. Terrible. He had one like season when he first took charge, where he got a siege mentality and got them to play decently, and then got a good job after and, that. And then, can I ask you a question? Is Graham Potter a good coach? Graham Potter, I think, could be a good coach. I mean. He got thrown into a totally dysfunctional yeah. moment in Chelsea, and, and it's impossible. Yeah. And I'm not saying a good coach. Well, I think a really good coach could could sort Chelsea at the moment because if I walked into Chelsea, I would kick a bunch of people up the you know rear parts, yeah. and <laughs> I would say, I'm going to go with people who are going to defend and going to get it sorted in the back. I'm going to put in three of my super attacking creative players. I'm going to push up the field. I'm going to recycle the ball and we're going to dominate. So I, here's where I will like always fundamentally disagree with you on coaching. Like Pep Guardiola, everybody says he's the greatest coach in the world. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd like to see him in a difficult situation. Mm. He's never been in a difficult situation mm. in modern times. In my opinion, he's always had a bunch of superstars Fair and, Yes, managing superstars and he's really good at managing superstars. Right, but is that? <laughs> but hey, is that so hard? No. Yes. No. It can yes. be. Oh, it it can how many? Be. It can it be. Can be. I mean, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I, I'd rather be there than like trying to keep out a relegation. I'll take Zava all day long <laughs> on my team. Okay, and I'll look really good being like, "Hey, Zava's going to Richmond." Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't give it away i've only watched the first two episodes i haven't watched any my kids okay. sorry oh, so you have yeah. no idea who zava is i have i've seen like little not the actual <laughs> so watches. we're not, not, we're not yeah. ruining anything you're not but, ruining anything he looks like but come on i mean just having de bruyne and Erling Holland on your team and Jack Grealish. I yeah, mean, but okay, it's almost so, unfair, Dave. Well, 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 no, no, no. So here's here's where I'm gonna prove you wrong because Mourinho had uh, he had De Bruyne at Chelsea and he thought he wasn't good enough. He sat him on the bench. He never played him. Wasn't that during the period where he went crazy? Which one? yeah, we started to lose it. Yeah, but that's bad coaching. You're yeah. like. You're like, no coach could blow it. Yeah, you could. You could keep De Bruyne on the bench. (laughs) (laughs) Blowing it? All right. Right? Yeah. And that's about identifying talent, right? So 
Mourinho and all his craziness had this, you know, obsessiveness that he had his way and De Bruyne didn't fit his plans. He yeah. liked this defensive team, big striker, you know, counterattacking football. And he didn't want the creative De Bruyne whatever. And you're like, dude, model your, change your system. He's awesome. Yeah. Pep Guardiola, give him a team that's like at the bottom of the table. And then I want to see if he's a good coach or not. I think he would take him right to the top. So, I think he leaves first. I think you're right. I mean, I don't think he'd even try. I think he'd I don't think like, he would try. Deuces, he's, he's not willing to lose. <laughs> but face even if that. you put him on a team and you forced him, you said, "Okay, you've got a coach yeah. starting next year. You've got to coach Wolves for the next three yeah. years. What happens now? Do I think now, that he would walk in and win the title with Wolves? No. I mean, there's certainly you got to have a certain is, amount of talent. Is Wrexham's coach a good coach? Wrexham's coach has a phenomenal record. Right, but he's, he's also had an amazing record over there. Why nobody takes a chance on him in the Premier League? What the F? Well, I'm bringing that up because he's been afforded a blank paycheck yep. to, to bring in. Don't tell me what's happened. I won't. I've been trying to avoid exactly where they are in the table so I can watch the show and be a little surprised. Really? Yeah. But, so, but I, I will say this so the game that the last game that they played had better social media and views online than oh. the liverpool man city yeah. game or whatever it was I'm or sure. liverpool arsenal game yeah. um, dave this is why they treat us like children because we're not yeah. watching actual soccer because we're waiting for the, the um television show come on <laughs> That's a documentary. That's not a television show. I happen to think the right. I happen right. to think the Wrexham coach is a good coach. Yeah, he, was, he has he, an amazing. He, he was a good coach before he was at yes. Wrexham. Yes, um, but yes, he's also been given. Oh, it certainly helps when you're oh, down yeah. in the non-league and you get to buy yeah, players from and, League yeah. One Super, for the championship. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, come on. So, but there are coach. You know, I I, I agree with you and disagree with you in that. There's, you know, a number of coaches who've been afforded to do that and still freaking can't do it. Well, yeah, I mean Frank Lampard, Lampard, right? I mean, it's not well, like even Ch look before like Chelsea is lacking yeah. talent. Well, it's look before him, Tuchel, you know, um, who's clearly got can coach, but he's also got issues and he tinkers too much and he adapts too much and the players hate him. Where's he? And, Bayern Munich now? Yeah, he's now at Bayern Munich. They, they're having a little bit of a meltdown. They okay, won right. their first game, but then they got annihilated by Man City in the yeah. Champions League. Anyway, the um, you know, he had the keys. You know, he came in, he won the Champions League at Chelsea. He was afforded every – and the amount of money they spent on transfers is ridiculous. So they've had an unlimited war chest, you know, and then started out the season. He gets sacked because they're – you know, they're not as bad as they were after he left, left but, um, you know, don't you think he should have been like top three with that squad? Tuchel? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they should ever gotten rid of Tuchel, but he wasn't getting it done. He had a terrible start. Yeah, but he he had gotten it done. I would have given the guy a little more. Right. I would have too, but he wasn't doing well. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The Yeah, but. I mean, especially with the now what you've seen unfold at Chelsea, two more oh, coaches yeah. roll through. Well, and Chelsea is totally dysfunctional. All they've done is they've bought every attacking creative player who's out there, and they don't have a team at all. They don't have a soul. Like if if anything tells you that 
to make a team, you need different players. There's no yeah. such thing as a team yeah. with 11 attacking yeah. creative midfielders. Yeah, I, I watched the interview with Christian Pulis. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, like the guy, same guys are like in this. He's like, yeah, these are phenomenal players. He's like, these guys are fantastic. He's like, you know, they help me get motivated, but that doesn't make for a good team. Doesn't make right. for a good situation for him. Doesn't make a good situation for the players that he's talking about either. Well, just look what happened to Manchester United when they bought Casemiro, right? They had some creative players that can do whatever. When Casemiro is in the team, they look like one of the top three, four teams in all of Europe. When Casemiro is not in the team, they are epically bad, right? Garbage, Garbage, right? (laughs) And it's because a team needs balance. They need someone to recover the ball, right? They need, you know, team needs different things. And you need to understand what you have. If you're Chelsea and you have, you know, a number of attacking players, which they do, again, this is a little bit Atlanta United at its worst, right, moment, right? If you have a bunch of attacking players, buy your right and left backs who defend. You don't need them. They buy overlapping, you know, flying backs. And you're like, if you have all that attacking talent and you're constantly buying the leading score from all these leagues, right? Stop buying attacking outside backs too, right? Buy someone who can defend, buy someone in the midfield who can defend, right? Have balance Mm because this team, this game called football is not just about... It's called soccer, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what, but can you smash him for that? Ah, there. Fair, done. I think right, we're, we're reaching, right, we're reaching right in the, the middle of the rant and just done. The end of this show yeah. is coming. <laughs> We've right. been going for like an hour and 40. It's been a long time. We talked so, about it all. We talked about it all. Carmen, anything else you want to address? Any social media gossip that we should know about? You know what? I got to get back on social media because everyone I follow is no longer with the team, it seems like. So I got Yakimakis has like no social media. I have tried to stalk him. He is. He doesn't exist. I like it. Love it. He's like exactly like Roy Kent off the field. You don't know him. And then on the field, he's up. I know. I need to. I need to figure out where these people hang out. I mean, are they in Atlanta? I mean, they're probably. By the way, Elliot's pointing out oh. that Enzo. I think that's Enzo. My language my yes, Enzo. has been really good for Chelsea, and I agree. They finally bought a guy who can play defense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is Elliot a Chelsea fan? What's happening uh, right here? I agree with hey. you. I agree oh, with you. Hey. That was a good Tyson signing. Saying good night, mom. I said uh, good night back. So okay. yes, but uh, yeah, social media. I need to get back up on that. I mean, Arujo is still married to a really good yeah. looking woman uh, <laughs> but, besides <Miss> that, <laughs> but besides that there's not much going on i feel bad dwyer and gootman used to be like best buds yeah. hanging out at the spa and everything and spa. it's not happening even though gootman isn't a great relationship with a girl he knew from high school it's okay. beautiful it's Aww. gorgeous yeah it's Aww. so cute. there's a little there's some it's gossip so there. Some, maybe yeah. that's a good way to end yeah. it yeah. All right. Thank our sponsor, Wild Thank Heaven you, Brewery. Wild Heaven. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, and the cool shirt, even though it's upside down. Yeah. I don't know if y'all can Thank see you. it. Vintage, like, I don't know. Mother-in-law Caldwell That's for the collectible. new embroidery. <laughs> Still going to rock it upside down. That's right. This whole podcast is upside down. <laughs> it did go a little upside down. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Bye, everybody.